American Council of Blind Lions, ACBL, is the affiliate that roars, and that's no lion. ACBL holds monthly conference calls and ACB convention events that help people who are blind or visually impaired become more involved in local Lions Clubs. Find out more. Call 502-897-1472 or email lions.acb at gmail.com. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good morning, everyone. If you live on the West Coast, and good afternoon if you live basically on the East Coast. How is everybody this morning or this afternoon? My name is Christy Crespin, and I am facilitating People of Vision a History of the American Council of the Blind book discussion from ACB History Book Discussion Group this morning uh, or this afternoon. And today is September 7th. We are on Chapter 8. Here with us hosting today is Sheila Young, who is our ABLE host, and Larry Gassman, is streaming so thank you larry for streaming and sheila for hosting and sheila if you could please give everybody the spiel about muting and muting etc i would appreciate it yes ma'am i'd be happy to all right if you're on a pc to raise your hand is alt y to mute and unmute is alt a if you're on a mac to raise your hand it's option y To mute and unmute is Command-Shift-A. If you're on a smartphone, in the bottom right, you'll see more options, and you double-tap on that and double-tap on Raise Hand. And then in the lower left is Mute and Unmute. And if you're on a standard keypad, it is star 9 to raise your hand. And to mute and unmute is star 6. So there you go, Christy. All right. Thank you very much. So um, I see that we're growing and I'm glad and I appreciate everybody who's tuning in on ACB media, people who are downloading this as a, I guess, a podcast uh, to listen later and those of you present. So as we do every week, I would like to entertain thoughts about Chapter 7. Any raised hands? Not yet. Come on, guys. Chapter 7. What do you guys think? Bob. Go ahead. Point of information. I, I think I read 8. But what is seven? Enti- what is the title of 7? That I'm will jar my memory. It. That's like 61 to 68. Yeah, 1961. It's 1962 to 68. 62 to 68, yeah. Oh, I thought that was 8. I think I did. No, 8 was 68 to 81. 81. Well, I read that one. Okay, 7 is 1962 to 1968. So, any thoughts on that? That was last week. That was last week. She just asked me what we thought of it from last week. We didn't didn't read it this week. We're talking about chapter 7. Yeah, just chapter yes, seven. Just right for now. a bit. Thank you. 
Okay, Mary Beth has her Mary hand Beth, raised. thank you. I think I actually I was also just going to say I think the confusion comes from on the on the ACB community blurb it says chapter eight so so now right. just, uh, what what I do every we week, just kind though, of look back okay right it's just kind of summarize and look back just in case there's any other thoughts on the previous chapter and then we'll go into chapter eight. I, well, I was just, and actually, I forgot to, I just remembered what I told you I would do last week, and I totally forgot to get the information. But I guess the thing I, re, I remember most about Chapter 7 is is you know, the whole dissension between ACB and NFB and, and how, how, how difficult it was in lots of cases for people to break, but how, um, and, and just tr- ACB just mostly trying to establish itself, um, you know, becoming, becoming, larger and and um more credible as uh the time you know proceeded and then i think just moving into chapter eight that you see it that increasing as we as we move forward thank you right thank you maybell okay any other hands Uh uh-huh larry larry yeah it's funny i had to get used to this because uh, you know i I just spent an hour and a half trying to finish chapter eight and it's not done yet but there's so much that goes on in a week especially in my life that i'm what what what, what was chapter seven? Yeah, oh my god that's a week ago i know it feels like forever but if you look at chapter seven it's interesting because after reading chapter eight i i see what they're talking about in eight and chapter seven with all the stuff that we talked about already with regard to ACB and how it emerged as an organization, you look back and see what NFB did and they pretty much through revisionist history almost didn't even accept the fact that there was such an organization to the point where in chapter eight, it was mentioned that Kenneth Jernigan was, was probably the best membership recruiter ACB ever had. Which yes, I thought I was a great that. line. Great <laughs> I line. I do. So, so all of these things in Chapter 7 that, that they did to diminish ACB uh, back then, it, it was because they're, they're trying to survive as well as an organization. And somebody let go. Somebody got rid of – in other words, somebody walked out on them and formed their organization. And they not only did that, but they survived and they grew from it. So that was part of the fascinating part about Chapter 7, because uh, so many organizations, when they do that, they, they, they die. They try. It doesn't work. They're not strong administratively, and they die. ACB, ACB yeah, didn't do it. They, they survived. They grew. They had growing pains, but they grew. And then you see in Chapter 8 that they've grown a lot stronger with a huge amount of influx in terms of affiliates, thrift stores, all the things that made them very, very successful. And NFB didn't like that. So it was kind of fun to watch what happened in Chapter 7 because NFB talked about some of the things that were issues with them with regard to ACB, but ACB persevered anyway. Yes, it's thank a, you. Two chapters that really should be read together if you can together, do that. Yeah, if you can. A ton of reading. Yeah, it is. Anyone Bob, else? Uh huh. Bob has his hand raised. Bob. I'm an old guy. I'm shaking my brain. I just spent the whole week reading eight, but I I also raised uh, I read, read seven sort of. <laughs> I was impressed with Ned Freeman, the yes. first president of ACB. A terrific guy. Sadly, we lose him later in Chapter 8, but uh, highly respected. Uh, 
And uh, they had growing pains. They weren't perfect. Uh, We weren't perfect, the ACB. Uh, You know, they had to learn from each other. Uh, Marie Marie Boring, would she stay as editor? And she did the forum for a time and has to leave it. I don't know which chapter, but she does leave, but as a leader uh, and so forth. The thing I was um, think where some error was made, some mistake, and I would have done the same thing, is we thought that people would pour into the ACB, that it would be easy. But even those affiliates that left the NFB wanted to wait a while. They they weren't, you know, they they wanted to. They were tired of of the organizations fighting with each other and, and organization and the internal strife, and they didn't want to get into it. So they were hesitant. But what you're going to see, especially in eight, but it's true in seven, the great work of Derwood McDaniel. He gave his life to ACB. I wondered what he did with his family, you know, but they all loved him. I mean, they must have, because he never was home. He was always helping people and tremendous work as our our national representative in eight. You'll see uh, we needed, we needed a, we we needed a rep. One couple more things. One, I think in 63, we lost um, AL Archibald. I think Archibald did a fine job, especially the first 10 years, but it's a typical thing of Jernigan and these guys, let's reorganize. Jernigan has always said, give me 10 people and I've got a state affiliate. Give me 10 people. I, I want to be here when eight comes because uh, they misspoke about me. Nobody did research. Nobody called me about the truth. And they relied on Charlie Hodge, who was not even a Californian and who didn't like me anyway. So he didn't make me very, you look very good, but that's in chapter eight. Okay, so I'll try to be here next week and, and at least they spell my name right. And if they do that, there's hope. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thank you, Bob. <laughs> Some good observations. Anyone else? Lucy. Lucy. Hi, Chris. Hi. Um, I was in West Virginia. I now live in, near Lake Erie in Pennsylvania. And I downloaded the book because I want to start reading it from the beginning. But I just think it's so fascinating because we all have had organizations that split up. You know, I remember my church split up twice <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's always interesting what happens with the leadership. And I really appreciate this book discussion group and I'll, I'll be quiet now. And I'm like the girl that said, uh, I'm just date. I'm just, I just know enough to be dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that was funny. Bye bye. Okay. Thank you, Lucy. Debbie. And Bob, I think we are going to do eight today. Yes, we are. Yes. And I did read about what it said about you. And it's I thought it was very complimentary, but I'm I'm very anxious to hear your side of the story. So we good. Yeah, before the um, before we started this, this, uh, this. um. Before we got on air today, we were talking about how uh, short the California uh, piece was and that there was so much more to it. And boy, was it something else when we were going through it as Californians. Thank you, Debbie. Anyone else? Hi, Christy. Hi, Livy. Any discussion on Chapter 7? No. Anyone else? Yeah, there's no other hands raised. All right. Livy, did you want to comment on Chapter 7? Nope. Okay. Then let's move on to Chapter 8. 
So many things happen in, in chapter eight, but at the beginning of chapter eight, it basically talks about how we lose. And, and it's amazing to me within like a couple of months from each other, we lose um, we lose uh, Jacobus Tenbrook, John F. I mean uh, Robert F. Kennedy. Is it F? Right? Yes. Um. um Martin, Martin Luther, Luther King. King yeah. And Helen Keller. Yes. Wow. Big powerhouses of the basically the the um, progressive movement, um, regardless as to what we all thought, how we all felt, what a, a travesty to lose all of those people. We learned that. Um, Alan Jenkins brought about the reconciliation between Bob Campbell right. and Jacobus Tenbrook. George after Fogarty. Their, uh, pardon? George Fogarty was in that oh, group. Joe's George Fogarty after their 10-year estrangement. Um, yeah, I just had, um, I just got notified that one of my my friends passed away today and you know the finality of passings you cannot take back you cannot undo what has been done Mm -hmm. um then in 1969 our first president of acb ned um freeman Freeman, thank you, had a senior minute. Uh, Ned Freeman passes. Actually, several people between 1968 and 1981 leave us for their final resting places. And all of them had made major uh, uh influences and and uh marks on on our lives whether we knew them or not so who would like to begin kind of discussing events of 1968 to 1971 my turn bob okay i'm I'm sorry if I'm talking too much, but we have to recognize Durward McDaniel, who became our national representative from from 68 to 81, and many years received no salary for this. Yes. He just did it. And and while he handled legislation so well, in my opinion, he also had time to help affiliates form, to drive for membership to write letters with Hollis Liggett. And I hope you guys discussed that great philosophical letter, the letter writing between Hollis Liggett, yeah. who, who yeah. said the blind shouldn't ask for entitlements. I made it on my own. Basically, I'm not criticizing him. Very smart man. 
And Durbert said, yeah, but, you know, oil men seek subsidies and doctors seek grants. And I fall into that, too, or I want grants, but I hear you, Hollis, and let's talk to you. Let's Instead of kicking each other out, let's have a philosophical discussion sometime. I thought that was a high point. The other point I want to raise is Jim Olson, 1976. Jim Olson was an incredible man. I did know him. And he was he saved ACB financially. He was a CPA. And when he ran, as you remember, they, 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 he came driving with George Card and his wife. And he um, they wanted him as treasury. He lost. He lost. But he said, well, I'm, I'm a CPA. Let me tell you something about Jim Olson. When he lost his vision, he cried every night. He cried like a baby. And his wife held, held him in her arms. Every day, he went to the Minneapolis Society for the Blind. And he wore a suit. He took courses and workshops. He was a student. And one CPA came and said, oh, Jim, how are you doing? Are you auditing the Minneapolis Society like we are? What's going on? No, I'm a student here. I said, Jim, why did you wear a suit? Because it made me feel good. It made me look feel like I had a chance. What a chance. He, he was a, one of the great men, great people of ACB. Thank you, Christy. Wow. Thank mm-hmm. you. That's Thank a lot so more than much. the book tells us. The book tells us peripherally about him, but it's really cool to have somebody actually yeah. know him and yeah. because he sounded like a terrific guy, and you just bore that out. Can you imagine what it would be like to, you know, you get a ride to a convention, and you don't know the people that you're riding with? I mean, how many of us have gotten in the car with somebody because the person, you know, people offered you a ride. And when you start hearing the story of the people that, you, that you're writing with, it just is astounding and is jaw-dropping. And can you imagine how um, Jim Olson felt riding in the car with George Card and his wife and not realizing... The, the significance of, of that ride. And then to be recruited, didn't even know anything about ACB, but such a humble man said, oh, well, I will offer my services as a CPA to the treasurer. Who does that? I mean, most times, Christy, when you go to a convention for the first time, it's get acquainted time. It's okay. How do I fit? Not only how do I fit in, yeah, but what? What? Where? How do I learn about whatever this is? And what do I? Who do I talk to to learn more? He didn't get any of that. They said they found out he was a CBA, and they said, <laughs> "Okay, you're in." That doesn't happen. No, nope. rarely does that happen. No. Thank wow. You. Are you ready? Sounds for my like hands, God's Christian? timing to me. Okay, anyone else? Yes, Don Queen. Don? Oh, no, I'm I'm fine. Did I? Oh, yeah, this is Don. Don. I guess oh, I'm Don. Don. Good, Don. I'm sorry, Bob. <laughs> I, my hearing, Sheila. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's quite all right, Don. Your turn. <laughs> okay, I'm a couple. Bob covered a number of things, but I I think uh, Alan Jenkins used to tell me how when uh, Jenkins uh, when T- Dr. Tenbrook he had cancer. cancer and had a colostomy. And, and in those days, they weren't quite as yeah. well done as they are now. And he uh, rebuilt a bathtub so he could 
keep the pain down when he took a bath. And I think Hazel hated him after that, but <laughs> later. But he he really helped, and of course he did work with Campbell and I guess also Fogarty. But uh, it, he really helped. Now is it Olson the CPA? Yeah. He saved that group, I think. I saved the organization. I oh, yes. I remember coming in after a one or two conventions, and they were kind of disasters with the person that was running them, and I was getting a little snappy about getting my tickets, and she handled it real well, and I was on the trip and got sick, and they, they put me in a separate room so I wouldn't be up all night uh, getting sick. So. Mm-hmm. I, I think they did, and he took over the workshops. The co- management company they had said that the theft rate was co- common for thrift stores. It was the usual thing, and uh, he said, no, you can't. So he got in there, and, of course, he got the Pinkertons, which are an old union person I don't really like, but he got the Pinkertons in there and stopped it and saved a lot of money. So he really helped kept the, the books in, in order, I think. And, uh, wow. I forgot what I was going to say one yeah. something else, but that's it. Yeah. Thank you, Don. Okay, that's fine. Oh, well, the, on Olivia, the, you I, need to unmute uh, yourself. One thing. On the, uh, okay. the, the massacre, when Bob got waylaid, okay. they... they wow. uh, uh, I I I don't know, but uh, I'll let Bob tell the story. Thank you down the road okay. when Chris says, "Yeah, uh, Sheila." Yes, you have an eight hundred one area code ending in seven nine zero. Could you please unmute and identify yourself? Hi, this is Linda Holiday. Hi, Linda. Hey. And I wanted to say I was uh, joined um, the ACB um, in, I went to my first convention in 1979 in Baltimore. In 1980, we went to the Minneapolis Society on a bus and Jernigan stood there and yelled out how Minneapolis Society, we are looking at you. He was, the NFB was really against the Minneapolis Society for some reason, and it didn't impress me at all. Thank you. I was. Mm-hmm. Thank Mary Beth. The thing that continues to amaze me throughout this book is the drive that all these people have. You know, considering the lack of technology and the lack of you know transportation and all that stuff, how much they got done. Um, and I, I do think part of it was a little bit about what we were talking about before. They um, the, they didn't have the concept of breaking in people easily. I know MJ Schmidt did not have that. If 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 you were there at her house or you were there near the time that she wanted something done, you were going to be there and you were going to work. And I think I think that that's you know kind of pervasive that they were like okay we this is so important we need to get this done we need to network and we need to do it now not you know five years from now that to me seems kind of pervasive in this in this whole in this whole part of the book thank you thank you thank you for your observations 
That's all for now, Christy. Okay. Bob, did you want to say something? Yes, I did okay. really quickly. I commend the Braille form when Dr. Tenbrook passed away. I, I want to make it clear that these guys were all close in yes. the early years of the Federation. Bob uh, Campbell and those guys were school chums. They used to go up in the Berkeley Hills, Dr. Tenbrook and Bob Campbell and others, and have a Braille challenge. They'd light a campfire and read Braille books all night. Okay, that's they were. It sounds silly, but they they believed in Braille. They had Bob was a math genius, uh, and uh, so Marie Boring said it best in two thousand one. She said, "When we left, it broke my heart because I had so much respect for Doctor Denbrook. He was a great man, and that's pretty good. You know that people would say that. You 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 know you you'll see letters when people are really critical." But the forum would not allow that. That They didn't censor. They just got great articles extolling um, a great man because Dr. Tenbrook was great. I think he got misguided. I think he was under siege. I don't know the story. I wasn't there. But uh, I commend the forum in, the, in their 68 report when he passed away. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, okay. so do I. We do have another hand raised. Okay. Um, phone number 682, area code. You may unmute. My name is Calandra. I'm from Fort Worth, Texas. Sorry, who is this? Calandra. Calandra from Fort Worth, Texas. Okay, hi. Um, yes, I wanted to tell you that I don't have the history and the information in front of me, but I think it's, you know, very um, good to discuss. And also... My first AC convention I went to was with my ACB group here in Fort Worth. Uh-huh. Uh, and um, it was in 2017, and they had all kinds of vendors and stuff. And, you know, I was very impressed with the auctioneers and the speakers, and I really didn't, you know, get a chance to you know, bet on anything, you know, <laughs> worthwhile, but the options were great. And the conferences, you know, are always wonderful. And I just attended my recent virtual conference, the one I got a tip to attend uh, recently on the 27th of last month. So, uh-huh. It was good. I'm so glad that you appreciate ACB. Thank you so much for your your input and your observations. Thank you. Uh oh. That's all your hands for now. <laughs> okay, who said uh oh? All right. So you guys, we are about halfway through. Um. Come on, mute. Um, star six. I got her. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Sheila. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, so, um, what about the, there, there were several conventions during this time. Uh, which ranged from 1968 in San Francisco 
to, I believe, 1981, which is discussed in Chapter 9, was in, I want to say, Minneapolis. Um, The 1969 convention was held in um, North Carolina. And at that time, um, North Carolina was just, I guess, unraveling from the, the whole mess of not being affiliated uh, from um, what happened with being kicked out of, of, of NFB and then, um, and then ACB of, uh, had a lot of chapters affiliating. Um, but also uh, the ACB had a lot of people like Hollis Liggett who basically said, no, I don't want to, I'm not going to affiliate with NFB, but I'm not going to affiliate with ACB either because I don't believe that two organizations need to exist. And then we also had um, the realization in chapter eight that because of the uh, animosity and the, the, uh, sniping that was done in the forum, I mean, not the forum, the monitor, excuse me, that was done in the monitor, um, there was no way that ACB and NFB could uh, become one again. So many, many affiliates joined, including, I want to say the um, uh, ABLA, the lawyers, and I think that was 1973, but I'm not sure you guys, somebody remembers. Um, Guide Dog Users Incorporated, when did that come aboard? That was about the same time. The teachers came later. Um, the students, I was laughing when I read uh, NAB's Mac Riley brought in the blind students, and I, I was laughing because um, I think I was uh, president of the um, uh, student division of, of the California Council of the Blind at that point of the NFB uh, state student affiliate. Um, and I remember thinking, because of the the spin, which is so sad, the spin that NFB put on, you know, these people are monsters. These people are worms. These people are horrible. And I remember thinking that, and, you know, I wish that I would have personally been able to get to know Mac Riley. Um, get to know, well, and I do know now, Andy Baracco and Jean Lozano. And um, what a sad division that we had. Um, I think I would like to move on if we don't have any hands. Do we have you do hands? have, yes. Okay, do. go ahead. Nellie, go ahead. 
Hi, everybody. Hi, um, Millie. Hi. Um, you had mentioned, um, you know, the guide dog users coming on board. And a little bit of background on that is that uh, um, when I first moved to uh, California, I had uh, approached uh, Kenneth. Oh, you participants left about right there. The, about Go ahead, Nellie. About the National Society of Guide Dog Users, uh, a group established in New York, and uh, you know, possibly um, you know, uh, becoming a part of NFB, and uh, I received a very um, negative, patronizing letter stating that uh, you know that that his letter was the most publicity that our group would ever have, and that. Uh, so anyway, long story short, um, you know, his attitude led to uh, the National Society of Guide Dog Users uh, coming to ACB and being accepted. Uh, and that happened in uh, 1971, early 71, 72. Okay. And, and that was Jernigan that you had written to, correct? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's just that there was some interference there. So I wanted to just make that clear. Yeah, it was Jernigan, and uh, and I responded to his letter and 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 argued each of his points uh, back to him. So uh, so then he condescended to allow me to talk to Tony Manino. But by then, uh, the organization had gone with ACB, which is just as well <laughs> better. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, yes. <laughs> Any other comments? Yes, Robert. I'm going to say Robert so he doesn't think I'm saying yeah. Don instead of Bob. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Christy, uh, uh-huh. let me, let me, okay. Let me say uh, that the teachers division of NFB was formed when Jernigan sat me down. And he said, you know, the ACB's gotten ahead of us with their national association of blind teachers. We needed to, we need a teacher's division. And the only reason we didn't ask you earlier as we thought you'd have a power base out of California and take over the NFB. And I said, are you kidding? Mr. Jernigan, I'd never do that, you know, but uh, we, that's why it formed because NABT uh, started first and he was watching. And then they finally have NAGDU that they created. And it's a good group. I, I know it's president. He's a nice guy, yeah. uh, but uh, they, they watch each other. I, if I could give my commercial, because I really was upset with, uh, with the, a little bit, with the um, discussion of the California court case. Well, Bob, you're right. Be- you're right where I want to be, but I just want to, before you do that, are there any other hands? No, ma'am. Oops, no, ma'am. Okay, go ahead, Bob. Go ahead. There are no more hands. Bob, did he mute himself? Yeah, he did. <laughs> oh, unmute Bob, Mr. Acosta. <laughs> okay i'm sorry the phone rang and i had to oh. stop them. okay <laughs> let me it's difficult to start but let me say that i was an ardent federationist a true believer a picketer i did everything i went after knack you know with everything i had i did things my wife did things for where uh jernigan would say steal the mailing list or let's trick ann new and ann new was a leader in knack and things like that occurred, and she said, "I can't even believe I did it." But he would say, "Why you want to help the blind, don't you?" You know, and on and on. Okay, that's no excuse. We did it. 
But it starts when I became president of the California Council of the Blind. And we were doing very well. Uh, and then Mrs. Tenbrook, Hazel Tenbrook, started sniping at us a little. But, you know, those, nobody can be completely happy. And, in fact, she said, people are too happy here. I, something's wrong. Well, anyway, it got to the point of executive um, committee member Manuel Urena. He was on the executive committee. He became our program manager. And um, he basically, um, Jernigan wanted him to stay in the East Coast. But Manuel always told him, if a California job opens up, I'm, I'm taking it. I'm a Californian. Well, he did. And Jernigan had a conference call. And he ordered me, which was easy because I didn't like Manuel, to get his job, to go to the director of rehab, Ed Roberts, who was the first disabled director in the country, and just squeal on Manuel because Manuel helped us. He tipped us off on things. We were always ahead of the director. And I was glad to do it. I said, okay. But then one day I was, I know this is long, but you got to see the background. I was in a park with our then uh, first vice president. Muzzy Marcelino, Lawrence Marcelino, longtime federationist. And I said, Muzzy, what did Manuel do? Give me something. What did he do to offend Mr. Jernigan? Muzzy took a deep breath and he said, nothing. I said, what? You're having me go after a man's job and he, and he didn't do anything? And then Manuel and I met because we, as I say, we did not like each other. It would, be, it would have been easy. And if you're a federationist, if you're loyal, you do it. Right. And I, I switched gears. We, Manuel and I started working together. And then the famous Russian restaurant meeting. We <laughs> met. Ralph Sanders was the president of the NFB then. He brought his lawyer. And I was invited to that meeting with uh, Jim Willows, uh, who was our second vice president. And Ralph said, you must resign as president of the CCB. And I said, why? And he said, because you employed your wife as public information officer. I said, yes, but the board ruled, you know, nine to two or something to do it. And Mr. Jernigan said it was okay. He said, you don't even need the board's permission. You're the, you're the administrative officer. Anyway, they went on and on. And he said, Roberts is going to run for governor. You'll cripple the NFB for life. So, of course, I said, I'll resign. I was in tears. I, and I went to San Francisco chapter. I was supposed to speak to them that night. And I said, uh, of course, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to resign Monday, Sunday, excuse me. Well, between that time and then I talked to our attorneys and my attorney said, no, I advised you to do it. You did nothing wrong. You did nothing wrong. And I went to a, a blind attorney named Bonnie Eterbity, Bonnie yeah. Eterbity, and he got me a fighting guy, lawyer from the San Fernando Valley, Larry Eisenberg. And yep. for the next five years, we battled the NFB. So my point is, I was such a federationist that I was going to resign. We met that Saturday, Christy remembers, in yeah. Christ the King oh, God, Church. Yes. And I said that I was not resigning, nor was I going to Berkeley to sign papers that I had done wrong. And then it all had to do with the $65,000 bequest to our San Francisco chapter. They got it. Nat Lena gave, gave them the money. And the president of San Francisco was afraid that Muzzy, who was in her chapter, would get it and give it to the NFB. She says, I don't want it going to the NFB. And without my knowledge, she and the secretary, secretary I had, I know it gets confusing, were friends, and she sent it to us to hold in trust. I found out about it. Our lawyer 
and um, uh, the secretary, Mary Catalano, and I flew to San Francisco, met with the chapter, and gave them back their money. It wasn't ours. Could we have taken it? Of course we could have. They were unincorporated. The council could have grabbed it. But it wasn't, it wasn't, and there's where I'm upset, because Charlie Hodge wrote that I wanted half of it, and I did not want half of it. I did not want half of it. Also, there was no, they, we had three affiliates because Jernigan, you know, we were fighting in court. We kept our name for five years, National Federation of the Blind of California. He wanted our half million dollar treasury back and forth. He formed a group, the Western Division. It wasn't the Golden State Federation. There's where Charlie uh, yeah, was, talked to me. It thank was the you. Western Division, National Federation of the Blind. There were three affiliates in California. And then, of course, they are right. We went to, uh, and Durward never, never pushed us to merge. He was patient. He'd come to conventions. He was our friend. But he never pushed us until one night we were sitting in a room. Don Queen and I went to get a, a couple of guys' drinks, come back. Manuel Urena charges in. I know what you guys are doing. You want to merge. It never was c- coming up. And we said, well, now that you mentioned it, we, we talked till 5 a.m. And we agreed that we would, we would try to get into ACB. And I talked to our membership, some guys, my first vice president didn't know. He said, well, we wondered, it's about time you're doing it. We need a national presence. Let's go. And we merged and we, we promised them in 84 when we became a second affiliate of ACB from California that we would move to merge. And myself, and others, Bob Campbell, George Fogarty, and us, we did it. So that's the true story. Five-year battle. They did not get thousands of dollars, as Charlie Hodge says. We paid them nothing. They spent a million dollars on their lawyers. We spent 100000 That's a lot of money. Lawyers yes. got rich. But we were declared we were not a subordinate body. We were a separate corporation. And we gave them no money. We kept the, the name Blind Californian for our magazine. And we kept the name California Council of the Blind. In the settlement terms, Mark Maurer was great. He said, God, let him have a name. Why are you are fighting all the time? He told him, let him have CCB and let him have the BC name. And they get their treasury. You know, we want them out. That's all. So we were out. We were glad to go out. But we weren't ready to get into ACB until later that year when we said, you know, when that, that happened, Manuel ran in and said, you guys are going to merge. I know what you're going to do. I caught you. And we hadn't even discussed it. So we called him, Derwood called him the daddy of merger because Manuel didn't want merger. And he called me five days later. I've changed my mind. I said, too bad, too late. We're going to do it. You know, but Matt Durward always calls him the daddy of merger in California. <laughs> and that is it. I've said enough. But that it wasn't easy. And it was a court case, which we were very pleased with. We didn't want to go into the Federation by then. There was no problem. At first, we did. We said, we got to be loyal, yeah. you know, and so forth. And at first, we did. But we did not want to by then. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate hearing the story so clearly because yeah when i read that i was like what i don't remember a golden state anything so yeah so um any other hands not right now so the thing that i want to bring up too is that oh wait um, a minute mary beth raised her hand okay (laughs) she snuck in there all right mary beth sneak in no, you're welcome to go ahead, Christy. No, no, what? go ahead. Go ahead. Um, actually, two things. I was amazed in, in this 
in Chapter 8 by the number of affiliates, not just by the number of, of affiliates that came to ACB, but the number of people that were in some of the affiliates that, that apparently the NFB just them cut loose. And the other thing that, that surprised me is way back then that they started publishing the Braille Forum in Spanish. I, I, I thought that was pretty interesting. Does, does anybody know, is the Braille Forum still published in Spanish? Does anybody know? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it is. I don't um, think it is either, but I, I wonder what happened. I, I just thought it was interesting just because it was so long ago that, right. they, that they did we that. Pushing, I thought that was a great uh, Mary thing. Beth, we're pushing the blind Californian to go into Spanish. They're making a great move out here, and I think it's a great. I think it's wonderful that they're doing it. So, so Bob, do you know what happen. happened to that? Did it just disappear? I did don't the Spanish know. Spanish Braille Forum just vaporize when they had a budget cut? Probably. Maybe. We were here. Okay, thanks. Probably. I think, you know, the things that happen are that we – we lose, like we've had um, what we what we used to call the California Connection. Yes. That is now the CCB Happenings, which yeah. don't like that name. Um, we um, we have had it on and off um, recorded in Spanish, in Spanish uh-huh. um, but so much depends on who can do it. Um, you know, people available to, to translate it, etc. So, yes, um, I was I was thinking that there's there's so much involved with back then that we're still working on doing today. And one of the things that I was think about um, is that. The same kinds of we're we're still fighting for the same things. We're still fighting for you know uh, making sure you know dealing with workshops, dealing with um, fair reciprocity, I guess, or remuneration. We're still fighting for you know people retaining jobs. We're still fighting for testing, and um, we're we're still fighting for the same things that we were way back when uh, it's sometimes it's cool because sometimes NFB and ACB are on the same page and it's wonderful when that happens. I think that when we can traverse um, and, and I think this is happening through Facebook friendships, when we can traverse the, um, the landscape of who we are and what we do, understanding that we have different cars driving to the same destination, so to speak, and that it doesn't become a witch hunt or a um, I'm better than you uh, kind of situation. I think so much more gets done. And we can get so much more done through being united in, in our causes, even though we have different philosophies. Um, will we forget what happens, what's happening, what's happened in the past? No, we don't want to forget it. Will we forgive it? I hope so. 
I really hope so. Christy, you have about 12 minutes left. Okay, any hands? No, ma'am. Oh, uh, Robert. (laughs) Okay. Bob? Senora Costa. (laughs) Okay. The difference is, is often not in philosophy. You get people together without the leadership posturing in the, on the Federation yes. side, I think. And they, they go to the bowling. They, they sing the choirs together. They're independent people. But the difference is that the Federation was rule or ruin. It's all about control. They didn't like the WCWB, the World Council on the Welfare of the Blind, because they couldn't, we couldn't control it. I remember Jernigan hated it. He couldn't control Knack, which I, I have arguments, you know, either way on that. But I can tell you, I, we're not here to discuss Knack. But he wanted to control it. Jernigan didn't like to fly. You guessed it. He couldn't control the plane. It's rule or ruin. Whereas Durward taught us, no, let's try to compromise. We can get tough. We can file lawsuits. We can do whatever. But let's get into the meeting room. If you're picketing, you have no, you're negative, you're outside. But if you're inside, your views, some of them will be accepted. And the, the, the leadership on civil rights, leadership conference on civil rights, um, don't, some people say, well, blind people don't care about blind, blind people. They don't discuss it. Durwood was way ahead of us. He got in there. We became an affiliate of that group. Clarence Mitchell, who was president once of the NAACP, stood with us. Fighting for um, not ADA yet, but fighting for our civil rights. So Durwood was smart enough. He networked with everybody, and they all knew him and respected him and members of ACB. And that's where they got ahead of the NFB. It wasn't muscle. We'll we'll beat you. We'll destroy you. We'll take your job. It was let's try to work it out if we can. And I hope somebody, Christy, talks about Robert Scott's book. That was that was important. I think in that uh, chapter. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Bob. Linda. Uh, go ahead. Linda has her hand raised. Linda. Hi. I am unmuted. Okay, I'm unmuted. Yes. But anyway, uh, what I wanted to make, I wanted to make the comment, I don't know, I don't think we're there yet, but quite there, but Grant Mack, it'll talk about him. And he is a wonderful, was a wonderful uh, president, and he really did a wonderful job. Right, that's chapter and, nine. Yeah, oh, I'm going ahead of myself. Mack. Grant Mack becomes our Linda, fifth Linda, you're president. right. Grant Mack was a great yes. man. It was an honor to know him. Thank yes. You. It was. Yeah, he was excellent. And yes. then he's the one that got Carla into um, being the convention yes. coordinator also. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of things that just crossed my mind, just flitted across. So 1975, I believe, was the first convention that we had exhibitors. Um, Eighteen exhibitors. It looks including, way, yes. Yeah, including the National Industries for the Blind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking about that because I was trying to remember the earlier conventions and even in NFB, I do not remember exhibitors. Um, so that was an interesting, um, an interesting thing to remember. Uh, I was thinking about how people were expelled from 
NFB and turned right around and affiliated with ACB, such as um, Jean Ogin, I guess, I don't know, from um, Oregon, New, that guy. No, no, from New Mexico. Oh, yeah, New Mexico, yeah. Bodine or Ododine Bo- or whatever. Oh, yeah, I, I don't know. I didn't look in the document to see how to spell his name. <laughs> um, but people were being expelled, and and, and then by the, by this time they were just saying, "Okay, fine, I'll be expelled from NFB, but I'm we're joining ACB." So we we really had strength in numbers. Um, we have some hands, Christy. Do you want? Okay, to- good, and we have about eight minutes, so mm-hmm. we'll we'll call on you as quickly as we can. But I want to leave a couple minutes. Thank you. Okay, Mary Beth, go ahead. Just two quick things. Another one of those people was Sue Amateur, who was yeah. such a wonderful contributor to um, ACB. Um, when Bob was talking about control, the, the NFP control, I did actually end up to locating the pledge. And I don't know if you want me to read it or not um, at this point, Chris, if you want to just Yeah, forward, if you have it right fun. there. I I do have it. Okay, the NFB pledge, which is even to this moment at the back of every issue of the Braille Monitor, and it is as follows. I pledge to participate actively in the efforts of the National Federation of the Blind to achieve equality, opportunity, and security for the blind, to support the programs of the Federation and to abide by its constitution. And I think it speaks so much to what Bob said before about how their big thing was, well, this is going to further the goal of blind people. And just a quick aside about Bob Scott's book, yeah, that just caused such a furor in, in, you know, in, the, in the agencies. Um, I, I actually got a chance to work on a project in New York State in the early, very early 80s, and it did. It was, it was a big milestone. Thank you. The making of a blind man, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you have Debbie Green. Debbie? Hold the audio now unmuted. And I was just going to ask the name of the book, and I, you guys just told me, so thank you very much. <laughs> okay. Thanks. You have Don. Uh, Don? Don Bard. Mr. Queen? Unmute, Don. Audio not muted. Oh, there we go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I uh, I want to clear up. I don't think Dr. M. Timbrook was ever in indictment or threatened, but I would want to mention that after he resigned from the NFB, he got involved in programs for the poor. He was chairman of the Commission on Social Welfare in California, which administered welfare to all, uh, to all the counties, had to follow his they're at the commission's rules, and uh, he got involved in the Ben Ferris case where, uh, uh, you know, they used to go and make night raids in yes. county where they'd make night, they'd go in it's Friday evenings because most of the ladies were out dating or, or, or weren't taking care of their kids properly, and uh, they'd bring them in. And, and in San Diego, the sheriffs, after they fired two administrators, they, they fired the, the uh, they took put the welfare department under the sheriff who hated welfare, you know, and he made a big bloody in the newspaper who hated welfare. And uh, so 
Timbrook came down and they said, oh, this blind man, we're going to, we'll, we'll, we'll take care of him. He came down with the commission and they cut all of the county's money off for the welfare <laughs> department. So they had to back down. And But the next year they went to the legislature and no more commission. <laughs> so he, he basically lost that. But he started a, well, it was supposed to be a big program for the poor and Bev Hammer went there and they had a stadium full of poor people, mostly black. And when they got there, they all of a sudden, after he talked, they didn't like it. And they said, get whitey, get whitey. <laughs> and they had to sneak him out and all the white people out of there to do it. And he was really shook up by that, but that was very unfortunate. That, that wow. is, it was a sad kind of ending of the thing. And he had never gone with the disabled because, of course, they were still pretty right. much homes, but it would, would have been better. What I, what my impression was, well, we, what I was told about the difference between ACB and NFB is that ACB works from the inside out and sell and sold out. And NFB works from the outside in and cleans up. And uh, it would have been a wonderful thing if Durwood had and Dr. Tambra could have got together and yes, together. yeah, it, and, and Skip Jernigan, yeah, yeah. You have two uh, minutes and two hands. All right, <laughs> um, very quickly. Let's see what we can do with the two hands. All right, nine five six. I believe that's Mark. Area code nine five six. Yes, it is. Okay. Let me look quick, Christy. Enjoying uh-huh. the book. I finally finally downloaded it. Yay! Uh, in 75, I joined the Illinois affiliate of the NSD, not knowing all the past. I was just like 19 years old. Right. And so when Sue Amateur's name was mentioned, um, December of 76, Jernigan used to have those, uh, it seminars. Seminars, yeah. <laughs> and John Amateur was there, her husband, and he was a sighted man, and he was very dedicated. Well, I went to, I don't know what, next year, I think she was on the board, 1976, and then we get these letters, and then you, uh, she was being, her affiliate, Sue Amateur was, Washington affiliate was kicked out, I'm thinking, wait a minute, the John guy, her husband was really a nice, very nice man, and also very quickly, I remember about Bob Acosta, he was such a great guy in the Federation in California and the teachers division. And then our Illinois affiliate president told us, Alan Schaefer, Bob may remember him, was telling, well, we, we had a meeting up in Chicago of a teachers division. We got rid of Bob Acosta. I thought to myself, I thought he was such a great guy. <laughs> uh, the Federation yeah. has just been a very enigma to me over the years. Thanks. Thank you, Alan. No, that's Mark. No, it's Mark. Okay. Mark. 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 I mean, Thank Mark. Mark. Fifty seconds, <laughs> Christy. Mark's yeah, right you, all the Christy, way you're out of town, dear. <laughs> yes. So I would like to encourage everybody to read chapter nine, nineteen eighty one to nineteen eighty nine. I'd like to thank Larry Gassman for streaming and Sheila Young for hosting chapter eight on September seventh of ACB History Book Discussion Group. Thank you.